Welcome everyone to Small Biz Matters. We are broadcasting from the fabulous Rara ZeroCon and I'm very pleased to be welcoming Hiroki from GoCardless. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, this is um, a quite a big step into the ZeroCon ecosystem and the, and the ZeroCon market. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're talking to advisors and bookkeepers really on the ground. Are you pleased to be at ZeroCon, firstly? Absolutely, and uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, we're, we're really excited to be here at ZeroCon. Uh, they're a, a really important partner for us and have been in the UK where we started uh, for a long time. Um, but we've entered the Australian market about six months ago. And a big part of the reason we've actually entered Australia is because of that zero partnership and mm -hmm. the strength of it. And uh, we're you know, already seeing some really great traction amongst small businesses in Australia. So uh, very excited to be here and, and meet some customers, meet some prospective customers, meet some of our partners. And yeah, we're very excited. And it's about, I guess, building relationships and building networks and, and talking to different people, including media. Um, I guess Zero does provide that platform on which a lot of different businesses can flourish. Uh, as you mentioned, it, was, it, it made it easier to come into the marketplace here because of them, but they are worldwide, as you are, global. Yeah. Is it important for an organisation such as yourself to, I guess, get it right in one market before you broad out and sort of stretch your wings and get into different markets and different marketplaces? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, you, there's, there's a lot of complexity that comes from going international and you know, building new offices and teams around the world and you don't really want to be getting into that unless you have the core proposition right and you've got enough momentum in your home market that you know you know what works you know what doesn't work um, and that's not to say that it translates directly into every country that you go into but it at least provides the kind of the baseline and the foundation uh, so you know we, we started the business uh, just over eight years ago um, and for the first six years or so of the business's life, we were fairly focused on the UK uh, where we were still learning about, you know, the various problems that we were solving for our customers and still learning about all the various types of customers that we could work with. And, mm. you know, we worked with quite a broad range of customers. So uh, it was important for us to really understand that and, and get that settled before we started expanding. And, and you know, it's over, only over the really the last two years that we've been investing much more heavily in uh, international expansion. I think there's a lot to be learned there from any small businesses that are listening to this Small Best Matters podcast because it's not too different to the way small businesses operate in that we nail it where we are and maybe keep it local to begin with and learn what our customers need mm. and then you expand. We yeah. just might not be doing it on a glo global level like GoCardless does. <laughs> so tell me about the journey aside from the movement into the Australian market. Um, how did GoCardless start? Where was the passion? Where did the seed come from? Yeah, well, the seed really came from this belief of, you know, getting paid was too difficult. And and actually, when we first started, it was it was a little bit of a different idea, which was, um, you know, we, we, we were fairly recently just, you know, finished university. Uh, you know, I'd had I was two years into my first job. And, you know, the, the problem that we, we, we felt existed was actually more for informal groups right you know going on holiday with your friends captain of your local sports oh, wow. team okay. student societies that kind of thing yeah. collecting payments was really awkward and a pain and we thought okay you know let's try and build something to solve that and, and actually we didn't know anything about payments right we didn't know anything about the the, the, the landscape and and as we started to build that and learn more about how payments worked we realized that there was a much bigger problem out there which was that it wasn't just sort of like these informal groups that were struggling to get paid it's actually businesses in general struggling to get paid and uh, what, what we realized was that you know there was a lot of innovation going on 
around e-commerce and retail yes. and you know helping big businesses to sell you know uh, transactionally online and that was all focused on building technology on top of credit and debit cards right that was the kind of the way that most of these kind of transactions were happening um and what we believed and what we continue to believe is that you know that's great for e-commerce and retail but there's a lot of other use cases which are not well served by those kind of technologies and those kind of uh, solutions and in particular you know where we've landed and where we focus now is around recurring payments where you've got this ongoing relationship with the customer mm. and you're trying to collect payment on an ongoing basis and th that's a very different problem uh, that needs a different solution and no one was building that and so that that's where we ended up you know pivoting a little bit in the early days and creating this uh, platform to really create the best way to collect recurring payments. And I bet people who are listening out there, small businesses can think of at least 10 or 12 clients, relationship people that they've got, you know, established relationships with that have got this pinch point. It yeah. is a massively common problem. Oh, and, absolutely. And obviously worldwide. Well, I, I don't think I've met a, a small business uh, that hasn't got this problem, yeah. right? Who, who yeah. walks up to you and goes... I don't need any help with payment terms. No, exactly. Or yeah. I've nailed it. Yeah, yeah and no, I, wow. I never chase my customers for payment. I mean, once they start using GoCardless, then 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 it's a different matter. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's absolutely a, a huge problem, and especially for for small businesses. We work with about forty five thousand businesses um, across the world now. Uh, many of them small businesses, and you know the the big problem we typically solve there is around you know that those kind of invoice payment payment collections where you know you're sending your customers invoices on a regular basis and then you know having to chase them on a regular basis too and you know that late payments problem and the, the impact it has on these businesses cash flow really it's a really big problem and uh, you know, we're really happy to be able to help them with that. And it's also a global problem. I mean, it's also a, a, a macroeconomic problem. We were listening to Trent Innes earlier on the on the screen talking about what is it, twenty two billion dollars shortfall to small business mm -hmm. because of the um, the difference between the payment times, the big business experiences, and the trickle down effect that it has on small business. Yeah, absolutely. I guess this is one of the major macroeconomic pain points that you're solving as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, we were just talking before we started the the, the recording about. Uh, the, the problems around credit, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, people being able to get access to loans. But, you know, our belief is that obviously there's always going to be a place for loans, but oftentimes, you know, these loans are being used to bridge that problem, right? Around, you know, the service you've delivered to your, to your customer or the product that you've sold to your customer and then actually receiving the payment for that. And, you know, that 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 is something that, you know, our view is that you, you really shouldn't have to be getting a loan to cover that, right? Mm -hmm. It should be, a much more seamless experience to get paid from your customers and, and that's what we're trying to, to help uh, deliver. And it's that shortfall between, you know, you have debts and, and, and requirements um, with the ATO and, and let's face it, not all small businesses are great at going, oh, here's my $10,000 invoice that just got paid, I'll just put away $1,000 for GST and <laughs> I'll put $2,000 away for tax and I promise not to tax chat that money no matter what. Yeah. But I guess that's not the problem you're solving, it's not in necessarily in the understanding what uh, the problems are with cash flow in that regard. It's more about just getting paid faster so you can get that money in the door to put it aside and do all the right things. Yeah, exactly. And and that that's, uh, that, that's the key point, really. It's about, you know, trying to minimise the, the need to go and dip into those pots because you're, you know, waiting for payment from your customers and creating a much more seamless experience where you're able to actually dictate the terms and actually set the the timings of those tr payments 
in a much more consistent way mm. and gives a lot more control to the business, mm. right? And it's, it's quite a big mentality shift. Uh, and it's, it's one where, you know, I, I think there's an, a level of education that you need to take your customers through. But what we see time and time again is that, you know, when small businesses do adopt this kind of way of uh, collecting payment, then they quickly realize the benefit of it. And, you know, many, many of our customers will end up, you know, mandating it, right? They, they, say, they say, okay, well, if you want to do business with me, then this is the way you need to pay me. Yeah, and putting it into engagement letters yeah. and contract terms and all that And actually, stuff. what we find is that a lot of the time, our customers' customers, so the people that are paying these invoices, you know, they actually prefer it as well because, you know, a lot of the time that you have these late payment issues, it's not that someone's trying to deliberately slow down payments. Mm -hmm. It's just that they don't get around to it, right? We're all busy. We've got lots of things to do. And, you know, paying your invoices typically is something that you'll get round to when you've got time. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, we're able to, to solve that as well. So, you know, there's, there's benefits on both sides. And it's not just about the big business trickle-down effect. I guess from one business to another, one small business to another, we're also dealing with the fact that we're not so great, as you mentioned, of paying our own things. But if we all talk about the mandating situation, I mean, mm. one of the platforms Small Business Matters is trying to push for is mandating payment times. Mm. But yep. I suppose as small businesses, we could take responsibility for that and actually start mandating our own <laughs> payment times for yeah, one absolutely. another. Yeah, I think it's about, you know, uh, taking a bit more control of the situation. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's all good uh, saying, okay, well, we're going to mandate certain payment times. But if there's no mechanism for actually making that seamless and, you know, actually ensuring it happens, mm. right, and, and automating it, then, you know, it's very difficult to make that happen in reality. Right, we we all have so much going on in our lives that uh, it's uh, it's it's often you know something that gets left at the the bottom of the the out outbox or you know the the to do list. Um, oh, it's the Sunday night. Let me get around to doing all my payments and putting exactly. my money around, moving it from one account to the other. Absolutely, I mean such a a typical problem that small businesses have. Let's talk about um, some of the barriers that a, a company like GoCardless would face. Um, when explaining this product. I mean, obviously, I guess retail and bricks and mortar, they get it because they're used to being paid straight away. Is one of the barriers that you experience that there's actually a bit of a mentality of, well, I just have to deal with the fact that there's 14 days before I get paid and I just have to have like a buffer. Is that one of the, the issues that you come across or what are some of the typical barriers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Uh the biggest challenge, uh, especially especially within this kind of small business community, is is around education, right? It's about you know showing people that there's a different way of doing business and a different way of behaving, mm -hmm. um, and you know obviously it requires a bit of investment up front to change your process to you know figure out how this works to educate your your own customers about how you how you want to change the the way you get paid. Um, and w one of the reasons why we've had so much success with Zero is because actually some of the biggest advocates for that education have been accountants, right? Where especially you've got these the, the kind of the new breed of accountants that that Zero has championed so effectively um, around being more of an advisor to the businesses that they serve. That that's a really great way of you know, educating the market. And, you know, not only do we work with accountants to help them with their own payments, we're able to use that as a demonstration of, okay, well, look, this is what can be done, mm -hmm. right? And, and actually, a lot of the new customers that we get on board come through that mechanism of, okay, well, I've just paid my accountant or I've just paid this other business. 
for a Google or a service using GoCardless, and, and that was really great. That mm. was a great experience. Like, hang on, maybe this is something that would be useful for my business. Yeah. And, and that, that, that happens quite a lot. So, you know, I think uh, the, the main thing is around awareness and education. Um, and then what we see is that once people start to adopt the service, and, you know, they always go through this kind of life cycle, right, um, where they start with a few customers, just test it out, you know, some of the new ones. And then they realize, okay, actually, this is a lot better, and, and now I'm going to get all of my new customers on board. And then all of a sudden it's, okay, well, if you want to do business with me, then you have to pay this way. And then you kind of slowly but surely get, you know, all of the customers on board. And, you know, when you get to that, then, you know, there's some fantastic stories that we've seen where, you know, business owners that are spending, you know, one, one and a half days a week just chasing their customers for payment suddenly get that time back right and suddenly they're not losing sleep at night because they don't know whether they're going to be able to make payroll this month because they've improved their cash flow so much and it gives them the ability to focus on you know what what they got started in business for in the first place which is you know creating great goods and great services it's a bit odd isn't it that we have um that there are so many steps. Obviously, you're very familiar with that journey. Mm. But it's odd that we've got, you know, step one is um, thinking about doing it, recognising that there's options out there. Step two is, oh, I might implement it for a few customers. And then, oh, hey, look, this is really working for me. I think I'll make it even better. And then it... It, it almost it's it's like why are we taking so long is it a is it a, a mental health thing where we don't value our own time and we don't see it as a loss of time with that day and a half a week of payment chasing um is, is there a bit of a mental health thing where we don't you know think that it's well, important enough for our business no i i i kind of have a slightly different view on that you know i think that this whole problem around late payments can create a lot of mental health issues right you know the stress that it can cause uh the anxiety it can cause it, it's, it's a big deal um, but I think the reason why people don't realize that this is possible around changing behaviors is, is just because it's been like this for so long, mm, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, I think it's been something that, you know, for a long time has just been accepted wisdom, I guess. It's like, okay, well, this is just part of doing business. Yeah. I have to chase my customers. I have to spend a day a week doing it. Um, and they're going to pay me late, right? And it's almost like that that's such an ingrained you know uh dynamic that 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 can that can very easily be just suddenly the status quo yeah and, and over, like you said over many years absolutely and, and and that was what we were able to do was that you know part of the technology that we built was really about opening up access to these payment rails and so we you know the, the, very tangibly the product that we offer is uh the ability to collect payment via direct debit in mm. a really seamless and easy way and part of that is around opening up access right a lot of small businesses have not been able to get access to direct debit in the first place right because they'd go to their bank and their bank would give them this sort of long list of requirements that they weren't able to necessarily meet and uh, we were able to open that up and you know, democratize access to it. And and that has enabled this new way of collecting payment, which wasn't possible before. Well, let's talk about that journey because um, obviously this is not a product, I don't think in the Australian landscape at least, that could have existed 10 years ago because of all the regulation and the hanging on. Are you finding that um, it's opening up more because of products like Zero and because of um, more and more abilities? I think I think the banks have got to catch up, haven't they? It's like okay, the, the payment terms, the PayPals and the Stripes mm. of the world are coming to get them. They need to start opening their doors so that people can do the direct debit thing more easily. Has that been something that's happened in just the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that 
there's there's a, a confluence of a few things, right? Where um, this is this kind of a product and service has been possible to create in the last five, ten years, mm. that w- and it wasn't, you know, ten, twenty years ago, and and so part of its regulation, you know, the, the regulators around the world, I think, have woken up to the need to open up access to financial services to a much wider variety of organizations and small businesses in particular. And, you know, we're seeing that not just with payments, but, you know, with lending. I know that there was the, the Royal Commission that uh, happened recently in Australia. That, that's something that's happening all around the world, right? And I think that b- b- regulators are waking up to the need to push to open open up access. And, you know, f- very tangibly, when we started in Europe, uh, you know, eight years ago, it, it was off the back of some regulatory change that we were able to get access to these systems in the first place, right? Oh, right yeah. It wouldn't have been possible... 10 years ago or 12 years ago it was only really when that regulation had kicked in and and in that sense we were lucky right we we, we hadn't planned that we didn't really know we, it was sort of just a just good timing i guess mm-hmm. um i think the other big thing has been around the, the the development of technology and the ability to kind of create these services in the cloud that you know would have been very costly to build in the, the the days before that was yeah that trying was to build it into a different like fifteen different types of desktop software exactly. how do you even begin to do that yeah and and so you know the, the ability to offer this kind of a service in the cloud in a way that's very seamless and uh, very low cost to get started that's been very important but but I think the third thing that's been you know really a culture change that I've I've seen at least over the last five to ten years is that you know I, I think as consumers and as businesses there's been this uh, i guess sort of opening up of being willing to try these kind of financial services from new providers right so if you think about how most financial services were provided and consumed in the past it was okay i go to my local bank and mm-hmm. you know i go into the branch and i talk to my bank manager and and you, you get know, those little canvas bags and yeah, you carry your cash exactly. in and you walk in with and, that and, and everything was done all that the whole all of your financial services were done through the bank right and i think that 10 15 years ago the idea of saying okay well i'm going to let this you know web-based company that i've never i can't go and visit their office because they're not they don't have branches all around the country and I'm going to let, I'm going to trust them with my money. Right. That's, that's quite a fundamental shift that I think we've seen over the last five to 10 years. And, you know, that's been what's enabled a lot of the fintech companies that have sprung up over, over that period to really be successful, right? Everything from, you know, taking a loan from a fintech company, doing FX transactions through a fintech company, you know, processing payments, all of these things are, a relatively uh, new kind of concepts that I think have been enabled by that culture change. I remember having a conversation with clients where I sort of said, look, you know, there's PayPal, it's more well-known. Your clients are more likely to pay you using PayPal because they've heard of it as opposed to Stripe. Uh Now, that's not a conversation that happens now. And with all the different fintech companies and with platforms, you know, in the cloud where everybody's becoming more trusting um, and understanding of what's happening. It's also an understanding thing. It's also the trust, but also understanding that, oh, no, it's okay, I will get my money. Um, It's just you know it's just a matter of the different conformities that I've got to work with within these fintech companies yeah I think that's really interesting so I I just wanted to be a bit controversial here and and ask you with your global experience of working in so many different uh, different environments what's the hardest regulation area in the world to to try and 
wade through. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's it's, it's a funny one because uh, it's not what I would have expected. Um, for us, what we found is the U.S. has been the, the the regulatory nightmare. That's the that's the that's the country that's got the the hardest regulation. But they're the ones who have got you know the most. We we are the most open. We're sort yeah. of capital driven, capitalist driven, and everybody yeah. makes their own path. No, absolutely, and <laughs> and actually, it's been like the polar opposite of the <laughs> of, of the kind of. I guess the, the the expectations, right? Where you know everyone's always talking about how Europe is like super highly regulated and it's a nightmare. Well, actually, Europe has got one single regulation that covers the entire European Union, right? And that that's been super easy to navigate, and actually is part of what enabled us to get started in the first place. Is that about to get a little bit harder? Well, I mean, or do we just not know? Yeah, let, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I I, I I'm. Uh, I, 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 I'm. It makes me too sad to think about the yeah, whole Brexit thing. Yeah, you just wait and thing, see. But, yeah. But, the, uh, but I guess you're the like US, you're problem. like moving into a whole new country. You're just like, okay, well, well let's pretend we're just moving into Zimbabwe. Yeah. And it's going to be completely different. And it's, well, we don't I know mean, what's going yeah, on. I think I think that you know we're, we're fortunate in that you, you know we're at a level of maturity and and scale where we can kind of handle these kind of regulatory yeah. changes, right? Like we're already handling regulatory changes across 30 different countries. So, you know, whether we add one more regulator and, you know, that, that that's kind of quite manageable, but it's a shame from the perspective of new companies where, you know, new companies that are just getting started, you know, creating that complexity early on is, is a real big problem. And, you know, I think that, you know, well, let's see, F- fingers crossed it won't, won't come to that, but, you know, it will, it will be a big shame if, if the whole kind of Brexit thing creates that kind of a, mm. a barrier. Mm. But the problem in the US is that actually all of the financial regulation is done on a state-by-state level. And so, you know, it's not one regulator that you're dealing with across the US. It's, it's 52. Like 52 regulators, yeah. It's nuts. It's, uh, it's frustrating. So that's where yeah. the complexity comes from. That, I would have thought the, it was yeah. because it's so free and easy that everybody makes their own rules so every single company you deal with is different but it's actually more complex than that because you've also yep. got the state regulations exactly plus yeah. state tax yeah well i mean all of those things but, yeah. <laughs> well look um i just wanted to say thank you so much for joining small biz matters it's been a really interesting insight for small businesses to see how a fintech company such as yours has successfully navigated regulations and also, I guess, perception of small businesses when it comes to payment terms. It's wonderful work what companies like yours are doing because you're really opening up the opportunities and I think you've really nailed it with that. What was the problem you were trying to solve? And I love that the beginning of that was you know, people went to a restaurant and they just wanted to make sure that everyone got paid. It's just so yeah. organic the way it began. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you start with the problems that you you, you, you face and, uh, and and you experience yourself, right? And, you know, for, for, for me, when I was start, first starting the business, I was, what, 24? So, you know, fresh out of university, basically. And, uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't got a huge amount of experience in business. So I hadn't actually realized just how big a problem it was in the early days. Uh, you know, I was kind of going on the problems I'd, I'd seen when I was a student, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic to see how it's evolved and uh, the ability to help all these businesses around the world um, to, you know, sleep better at night and get some time back to doing what they do best. You know, that's, that, that makes me feel really excited. Well, thank you for sharing your journey of evolution. We're broadcasting Small Biz Matters here with Alexi Boyd at ZeroCon in Bris Vegas, 2019. Um, thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you. Thanks for having and me. And we're going to hit the floor and start talking to a few of the other businesses, maybe some other fintechs around ZeroCon as well. Thank you for listening. Uh, you've been talking to Small Biz Matters at, with Alexi Boyd, and we'll be back with some more messages after this.